Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Okay, good morning, everybody. A very warm welcome to Morning Footy. I am Kate Abdo. It is my uh, second day here in Stamford, Connecticut with my CBS Sports family at the Golasso Network. Good to be with you all. It's my first time experiencing the whole mate ceremony. Would you like a mate? You can make me one. Well, you're supposed to share it. That's the thing. So but I have no to share your straw? He's, yeah. he's a germaphobe. <laughs> he doesn't like it. Yeah. I don't mind. I, what do you mean no, I don't like it? So you don't have to give it. I, I, Why do you have to share it? It's because that's how it culture, is. It's, yeah. it's 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 a, like a communal drink. So I'm the cebador. I'm the pourer. So I would finish my my <laughs> cup, my serving. A cold sauce prevalent in. And huh? then they are now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if you want to sty, then can I, yeah, you that. Yeah. 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 We'll get you that. <laughs> Why does it look so powdery though? It is. No, you're not supposed no, to move No, yeah, you never move the straw. Oh, don't touch the straw. And by the way, the it's slow sip. Yeah, it's. Or else it, you're going to get a lot of powder. <laughs> there it is. By the way, it's a quiet Kate's taste. a tea drinker, and she just went. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a cigarette or something. Oh, mm. really? It's it's like smoky. Oh. It's a little bit smoky. Smoky for sure. That was the yeah. first time you've ever tried mate ever in your life? Yeah. Was wow. it also the last time? <laughs> 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 Might just be. <laughs> um, let's talk about U.S. men's national team because it is, of course, the international window uh, right now. So club teams taking their break. International teams in camp uh, right now. We've got the U.S. team in camp in Nashville. Here's the, the friendlies that are upcoming for the U.S. men's national team. They've got the first game coming up on Saturday against Germany. Uh, that one is right here in Connecticut. Second one coming up then in this window is the game against Ghana, which is uh, back in Nashville where they're doing camp a week today, I believe that is, October 17th, is that right? Um, what, what are you expecting to see? What is it that you need to see from the team in this window, Charlie? Progress in terms of now the passing patterns and, and how they can attack, defend the transition moments, because this is a real test. Finally, I think with Julian Nagelsmann as the manager of, of this German side, Everyone has a point to prove. They want to be part of this Euros team now that the Euros are, are going to be held in Germany. So this, this might be the best of what you're going to see from this, this German side under Nagelsmann. So I think for the U.S. men's national team, scoring goals, mm. being a little bit creative in the attacking third, not so predictable. I think that's what I'm really looking forward to seeing because generating chances, I think, is, is something that we have lacked against top quality opponents. And so a variety of different types of chances is what I'm going to be looking against this German side that 
has some standout defenders. I'm, I'm, I'm just a little worried that we're going up against a squad as robust as Germany, but also with a, a coach and a manager that feels like they have something to prove. The way he left uh, Bayern was... Uh, uncomfortable for most, you know, for everyone. So I think this is an opportunity for him to prove he is that guy. He is of that ilk. And this still feels like a bit of a test for him, you know, especially Germany. It was, uh, it feels like it, a, um, it feels like, uh, like maybe this isn't the guy for the World Cup, but he can prove he can be. Does that make sense? But why does that scare you? Just because. It's friendly. Yeah, it's, I mean, is it, is it ever a friendly when, I, I when hope, an American wait, team goes I up hope, against someone of that ilk? I hope it doesn't have the tone of a friendly. It's, it, oh, it won't be. It okay. won't. I mean, Na- Nagelsmann is, is coming to prove a point. For All sure. these players want to be a part of that team. They want to play. And so every match is important for, for the German right. side. And same thing for the U.S. men's national team. How many quality opponents are you going to get in a friendly knowing that World Cup qualifying is non-existent? I, 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 hope, I hope they take it seriously as, as it's meant to and that they compete tete-a-tete with Germany. Similarly to how the England match played out of the World Cup, I expect something, I hope to expect something, high rhythm, high intensity, scenarios where these players, like you said, might not be put in from here up until 2026 because it's difficult to get a friendly of this caliber because everybody's either playing in Euros and everybody's going to be playing in World Cup Nations League or Nations League. Or, or, or Nations League. It's, it's going to be difficult to get these type of quality opponents. Did you, I was confused by what you said, sorry. You're thinking that Germany are looking at Nagelsmann and not necessarily sure whether he's that guy to lead them to 2026? That's, that's just from what I've read and from my feeling is that it feels like this is a test for him to say, is he that guy? Because it's a short-term contract. Yeah, it's a short-term contract. It doesn't feel like this is, we're, we're giving you the confidence for this entire cycle. How short is the con- this contract? What is it? Two years? I, I can look I, that up. I, I think it's just a, a one-year contract. Okay. Yeah, it's up yes. till the end of the Euros, I believe. Damn. Oh. So, so it, for, for Nagelsmann, too, as a club manager, is this something he wants to, wants to pursue, being a national team manager and only that? Because, you know, I think from hearing it from national team managers, they miss the day-to-day if they were a club manager prior to being a national team manager. So for a Nagelsmann, you, you get fired. the name of a national team manager that you talk to. Go on. I don't need to do that. Who is it? He's going to do it. I've talked to a few. It's, that's all right. But <laughs> Oh, wow. You guys no. got a group chat? <laughs> uh, I, I think for Nagelsmann, he, he's coming in with a chip on his shoulder, obviously. Also, I'm interested in what's he going to wear. There was all that talk about he You're didn't dress. Yeah, they said that uh, part of the reason why, you know, he was uh, He wasn't fitting in at Bayern. He wasn't dressing the Bayern way. He showed up in a motorcycle. He showed up on a scooter. You know, he was dressing too cool. Bro, it's a, if I were him, my biggest statement. Have you ever looked at Julian and thought he looked too cool? Hmm? Compared to other German managers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a high bar, but yeah, I mean, he wore a cool jacket once, and that was it. They're like, what is this guy, smoking cigarettes on the back of a Harley? You know? <laughs> so this guy definitely has something to prove, some, a chip on his shoulder, but that chip won't come off until the Euros. Like, you can beat the U.S. men's national team 3-0, lights out, and you'll get confidence, but... You crash out of the Euros in the quarterfinals. But you don't think he's trying to make a statement? And if you lose to the U.S. men's national team in a friendly? It'll, it'll and be then wor- Mexico it'll, after that? And then what happens if you do? He, he's got a little wiggle room up until the Euros. The Euros is going to be his test. He's going he's to win his contract extension at the Euros. Right. But you got to start right, strong. For sure. This yeah. is, for your, sure. this is yeah. your first impression. So you, I agree. You, you can't get that back if, if he starts off on the wrong foot. That's why I think he's brought in some, some of his players that he's very familiar with and Matt Hummel, Matt Hummels. Um, and, and, you know, 
I think for this German side, the importance is coming to win and win in an authentic German way. And just to give a little, give a little bit of context of some of the German players that have spoken out about this trip to America, when the Bundesliga starts off on that Friday next week. Well, Thomas Tuchel spoke out Tuch about it. Tuchel for sure spoke out about it, but it seems like Müller was also saying some things about a massive trip when you're like the home team. Like you shouldn't be traveling that much. For the much. Euros, you're the but, home team. For, for the Euros, exactly. And you wouldn't be getting this type of, it's not like you're practicing for like a World Cup situation or anything. You're gonna be at home. You're gonna have your, your home base. So it, it is a long trip for, mm -hmm. for the Germans and for, for Nagelsmann. Oh, well it's, now they know what, for, what a foreigner feels like <laughs> playing in Europe and you yeah. gotta make these crazy yeah. trips, so what deal about, with it. <laughs> what about the US men's national team? What's your expectation in terms of how we see Greg Berhalter choose that starting lineup for that game against Germany? I think for the starting 11 that I, that I see him lining up with against the German side is uh, the back four, Serginho Dest on the left, which he's played with PSV this season. Uh, Joe Scali came in in the Nations League and was phenomenal against Canada because of Dest's red card against Mexico. So I see Joe Scali playing on the right. Reem and Richards partnering together. Turner and goal, of course. McKenny and Musa, don't break that up. That, that has worked so well. So I'd like to see them again play together. And Luca Della Torre playing in that advanced midfield role because one, he has uh, played really well as of late with Celta Vigo. Um, and Rain is out. He's only played 26 minutes. I don't anticipate mm. him starting. And then Tillman just pulled out with an injury. So in terms of the midfielders who can play in a little bit advanced position, I don't like Delatore as a defensive midfielder because of his lack of pace to cover ground and not the strongest tackler. So keep Musa and McKinney together. And it's interchangeable. And then up top, it is Pulisic, Balogun, Weya. That's I, the trio. I, I know that everybody's it. been wanting to shift towards this 4-2-3-1 or, yeah. or the, you invert the triangle of the 4-3-3, right, where you have that 10 because it went so well in Nations League. Mm -hmm. Gio Reyna was kind of like the nucleus that unlocked so much of the potential that we saw in these players. But Luca De La Torre has never played there. Usually for Berhalter, he's very deep. Like, you see him fulfill, like, obviously, if we look at the pecking order, mm -hmm. it's, or the depth chart, rather, it's, first it's Gio, that can play in the 10 role. Then we would have imagined was Malik Tillman, right? He's, he's no not doubt. there. You think Luca De La Torre is the next guy up to fulfill that role? He played as a 10 for the U20s. Uh, he's right. played there and he's, he's, a, he's, for him as a midfielder, he's a pass first player. That's how he is. Shuttle the ball right to left, covers, cut, you know, floats around, is not known for his pace or quickness, but he's good with the ball at his feet. If would you looking, want that deeper? I would not. Not a, I, I want some two players who can protect the back four, and that is Destin McKinney when they drop. And Musa can be in advance, but he's not a number 10 either. But the, the good thing mm. about this trio is you're not saying you have to stay here. It's interchangeable. And right. the three have to be able to float and communicate, but you I think in terms right? of, of how they worked well together, this is, I think, a good footprint for the U.S. Men's National. You said that yesterday, right? As, uh, as Weston McKinney goes up, Musa knows he got to sit back. Mm -hmm. If Musa goes up, McKinney knows he got to sit back. And they're both of high quality and can do that. What I... Luca De La Torre, to me, is not what I would want in a 10. Even Burhalter uses him more of as like a deep-lying playmaker, not necessarily a ball winner in that position. What I would hope for in, a in, a, in, a, in an 11 like this is that Luca, Tor Luca De La Torre shows you he can shine. 
I get a bit more of a sense that he's a bit of a goon. You know what I mean? Like he comes in, he protects Christian Pulisic. He can sort of help stop an attack that's coming. I don't see him as like the prototypical 10 word, like a Gio Reyna is constantly thinking like, how do I get this to the foot of a striker? How do I get this to the foot of a winger? Also with he, Serginho, he's, he's got that in him. That, I'm not saying he doesn't. Yeah. I'm just saying that's not the first. That's not the first uh, compliment I would give him. Right. Um, when I see Serginho Des, do we think that his future is at left back, or is this just covering for Anthony? No, this is coming for Anthony. Anthony's okay. locked on left back, and Aronson only has 194 minutes. So, in terms of prior in the prior cycle, you'd say, oh, Aronson, he'll slide right in as a, as a 10. He's only played 194 minutes. He hasn't looked confident. He hasn't looked sharp uh, for Union Berlin. Um, and then, you know, Pepe, again, is another player. You thought, oh, maybe he could work his way in. Six matches, 82 minutes. Mm. He scored two goals. But then but I use that same argument and ask you, what about Richards? Mm. What about Richards? He's, he's proven at this level. Okay. With his minutes, he comes in the Nations League, and guess what? He bosses it. He scores a goal. This is a player that's proven that he can play at this level. And, you know, everyone you have to judge as, as a separate case, right, in terms of depth at that position, how, how have they got, come in and played, how have they proven themselves. I think you look at their club situation. So every player is different. You can't say as a group who's playing, who's not. Timothy Weah, he plays as a right wing back. Yeah. He was playing right and left back at Lille, uh, at Lille last season. He, and he's unplayable with the U.S. men's national team. You can't, you can't drop him. He's, he's, he's been that good. So I think you have to look at this national team and say, all right, who's come in, who's proven it, who can you rely on, who, who has a good relationship with Greg Berhalter, and I think this is going to be the, the 11 that we see. Interesting. I'm confused why when I moved the straw, you got irritated, but I see you keep on. Okay, you know. you, I'm going to explain to you why we're going to get into yeah, like, semantics. Yeah, because I've taken offense. Okay, uh, this is mansplaining by Nico mm-hmm. Castor. <laughs> Matisplaining. Um, <laughs> you moved it like out and in. I'm like keeping it fixed on his axis, and I'm just creating a little crevice to make a bigger hole. You literally just, you, you, you took it out like that, and I was like, oh, no. It can create like air pockets in the mat if you take it out. I'm keeping it fixed at the bottom, and I'm just making a... I don't know if you could see. I'm just making a, a larger crevice so I can pour the water in. It's mm, fun, isn't I, it? Yeah. <laughs> just have a nice, <laughs> have a nice swig of Marlboro. <laughs> uh, next up, You're we have got Susanna. Is this a debut, by the way, for Susanna on yes. the headlines? Susanna oh, bringing us the headlines after <laughs> We'll be right back in just a second. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
There is just a mountain of content right here at Paramount Plus, including the latest in our series of documentaries, Football Must Go On, which focuses on the Ukrainian club FC Shakhtar Donetsk and their journey to play in the UEFA Champions League last season. Take a look at this. Я просто знаю, наскільки складно було на самому початку, коли про всіх цих хлопців писали, що все, це все не те, вони нічого не зможуть, шахтаря більш не буде. Але ніхто в них, в них не вірив. Те, що у них немає якогось там іноземного паспорту, це не означає... Ну. Вибачте, але це наші реалії. Це не означає... Шоста година, так. Шоста година і світ вімкнено. Wow. Man, that puts life into perspective, doesn't it? Uh, Football Must Go On is now available for you on Paramount+. Plus. I don't know what to say after watching that. It's chilling. Just all, everything that Shakhtar had to live, not only from that, from their, from, even from their displacement from Donetsk. Mm. They were displaced from Donetsk to then go to the Olympiski in Kiev to play their home games, and then the Russian invasion of Ukraine. It's kind of crazy in playing their home games in other countries for right. international football. Now. I'd be afraid to put on the light in the window mm. with, with the flashlight. You saw the, everyone crazy. putting on their little candles or lights. I'd be afraid to do that. It reminds me so much of hearing stories about my mom growing up in uh, Cuba, like as things started to change there. They were like, you know, afraid to make coffee because then people would know you had more coffee than them because of the smell. Like those simple things like your lights are on, but no one else's lights are on. It, it brings up so much. PTSD that people have from other countries. You know, friends mm -hmm. of mine who are Dominican who would say they would have to have their birthday cake early because the lights would go off at a certain time because the government didn't have the funds to make it go through. And you just hear these stories and you're like, man, people live so differently than how I lived. And I know I grew up in like a really rough neighborhood, but I, when I went to Costa Rica for the first time with my family and I saw people living in shacks on the sides, I'm like, I have nothing to complain about. It's like, yeah, it's a rough place, but I have shoes. This guy mm -hmm. that I just met doesn't. It just starts to put a lot of things in perspective. And the life you think you have is mm -hmm. in, a, in a blink of an eye can go away. The resilience from everybody. I think of stories from my grandmother in Romania during the Second World War. And even not that far, like, you hear uh, Novak Djokovic speak. But your grandma that I met? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, from Second World War. She was, she had to hide in bomb shelters. And just, and not even too far removed from our reality now, you hear Novak Djokovic's stories from the Balkan Wars where he had to hide in bomb shelters because they were bombing the city where he is. And it, it, it builds a lot of resilience. And it's like... We, we, we're good over here. We, yeah. we got everything Very sorted. Very privileged. Yeah, mm -hmm. very much so. You're right. Uh, okay, time for the headlines. Susanna, what have you got? Hi, Kate. Hi. Look at this. Oh. You're so much taller new when you're day, not sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I haven't, it's been a minute since I've like done the prompter thing. So I'm like, uh, this is, I'm, I'm, it's like first day of school. Butterflies. Nurse. We're excited for you. Thank you. This is for you. I dedicate this performance to my, my morning footy fans. <laughs> Snap. <laughs> Thank you. All right, guys, how about some headlines? Um, we are going to start with a new hire. Former Brazil coach Tite took over at Flamengo, signing a contract that will run until the end of 2024. The 62-year-old who left the Brazil team after their quarterfinal exit at the World Cup in Qatar last year replaces Jorge Sampaoli. Flamengo fired Sampaoli on September 28th after the Argentine failed to win a trophy for the club. Flamengo are currently in fifth place after 26 matches in the Brazilian top flight. Over in England, Bukayo Saka officially left the national team camp yesterday after undergoing evaluation by the FA's medical team. Manager Gareth Southgate called up Saka last week despite the Arsenal forward picking up a knock during the Gunners' 2-1 Champions League defeat at Lens on Wednesday. 
The 22-year-old striker was released back to the Premier League club yesterday to continue his rehabilitation. Saka wasn't the only injury blow in the Premier League. Newcastle United striker Alexander Isak has withdrawn from the Sweden squad after reportedly sustaining a knee injury during their 2-2 draw against West Ham on Sunday afternoon. Isak scored twice as the Magpies came from behind to lead at the London Stadium but was subbed off before the equalizing goal. After being examined by the Swedish national team's medical team on Monday, the 24-year-old left the camp and will be unavailable for their upcoming friendly against Moldova and Euro 2024 qualifier in Belgium. And in other international news, Arsenal forward Lamine Yamal has withdrawn from the Spain squad for his week's Euro 2024 qualifiers against Scotland and Norway. The Rising Star reported to camp on Monday, despite reservations from Barcelona, who informed the Royal Spanish Football Federation he had a hip injury. However, Spain wanted to first assess the extent of his problem and potential availability. Yamal made history for Spain as their youngest to both play and score for the national team, and over the weekend also became the youngest to score in La Liga in their match against Granada. They really wanted to captain him. I know. From a young star at the start of his career to a former legend at the end, ex-Chelsea standout Eden Hazard has announced his retirement from football after leaving Real Madrid at the end of last season. While at the Spanish club, the winger won the Champions League, a Club World Cup, a European Super Cup, two La Liga titles, one Copa del Rey, and two Spanish Super Cups. During his tenure at Chelsea, Hazard won two Premier League titles, an FA Cup, and two Europa League titles. His farewell message on Instagram in part said, you must listen to yourself and say stop at the right time. After 16 years and more than 700 matches played, I've decided to end my career as a professional footballer. I was able to realize my dream. I have played and had fun on many pitches around the world. During my career, I was lucky to meet great managers, coaches, and teammates. Thank you to everyone for these great times. I will miss you all. Charlie, a player of uh, Eden Hazard's, uh, just his capability, what he's accomplished, we ran through all of those achievements. Um, when you think back on his career, What's going to stand out to you? Just what a baller he was for Chelsea. I mean, I remember he was just one of those players that you could change a game at any moment. So low to the ground, so strong, but his ball control, similar to Lionel Messi and just how he kept it close. He was so quick, agile, great goal scorer. I remember... My, my first game uh, against Lille in France, I was playing in Liga, and we were playing at Lille, and it was Gervinho and Hazard on the wings, and they were launching oh. balls, wow. long diagonals. And it was my first time seeing him, and people had talked about how good he was, but seeing him in action, getting on the ball, his first touch, and he was always aggressive, running at players, always beat the first man 1v1. And I, I just remember being like, this guy has got it. Goes to Chelsea and just lights the pitch on fire. Just one of those players that was so captivating and in his prime at Chelsea, just... Was that the season that they won with Lille? Or yeah, did they, they later they, win? They won that there? season with Lille. Oh, my I first season. I want to be a Debbie Downer, but do you, do you feel like that's what everybody will remember? Because that, that feels really like so, so long ago. And then comes the Real Madrid, and you hear all those trophies that he won with Real Madrid, but did he really? Because he, how involved were you in I hope there's seasons? no recency he, bias with his career. He had 85 career. goals in the Prem. I mean... And you have to remember him in the Chelsea kit. Also, yeah. he was, when I think of the, I hate to say it's a golden era because some people believe it's still happening, but that Belgian 
like number one team in the world, that golden era. You're thinking of like Lukaku, Mishibachuai, KDB, but the first name that should come to mind has to be Eden Hazard. The way he ran in that midfield, him and KDB together is just illegal, bro. The, the Russia <laughs> World Cup and the Brazil World Cup, he was so good. That was probably concurrent with his time at Chelsea. It would be unfair. 2014-2018. It would be unfair to remember Eden Hazard for his time at Real Madrid and to kind of just paint his legacy and depict it from his time at Real Madrid. It would be totally unfair because he reached football heights. He was. I think it's unfair to the, not he mention was, it, though. It's part right, of his career. Sure, but it's a, but it's yeah, a, it's like Kaka, it's like Kaka at Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't just it, the badge is so heavy, the pressure, the expectations, and you it, don't think he went out. This was he went out a little He went out a little bit like Gareth Bale, though, Kaka like this sort of separation from the club. There was a little bit of 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 a, of a bad yeah, taste in your mouth. Yeah, but Bale was was important to the setup almost, despite how much the fandom didn't appreciate Bale for what he was, mm-hmm. he would still contribute significantly. Eden Hazard was like... Champions League went, final goal. He went yeah. from like being... Electric. From being yeah. top of world football, quite yeah. literally top of world football. Like, in, you could grab them the same palm as, as Messi, Ronaldo. In that conversation, he was that good. He was... Oh. But then and he disappeared. It's just a shame that, he fell off the table. Okay, mind you, he's, he's still <clears throat> 30... He's 32. We both retired at the same age. Hey, what do you know? (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. At least you went out Uh, playing, though. (laughs) Next segment. Uh, If I'm here, I feel like we're going to talk about England. We're going to do that. Want to talk about England? (laughs) 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 Yes, we will. We'll talk about the three lions after a short break. Don't move. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back. So I said we would talk England. Uh, Here we go. Here's a look at the England squad for you that Gareth Southgate has selected for the couple of internationals that they have coming up in this window. There is one against Australia and then a qualifier for the European Championships 2024, which is going to be played against Italy. England can actually secure their place at Euro 2024 with games to spare during this international break. Uh, They are six points clear at the top of Group C. They got a plus 14 goal difference. That's just how we do, everybody. Making easy work of it. But I don't think the game against Italy will be easy work at all. Not if it goes to penalties, it won't. <laughs> Good joke. Did you work on that one at home? <laughs> oh, no. Just ripped oh, it off the top. <laughs> I'm a genius, Kate. You know that. Um, <laughs> what has what your assessment of England been in recent times? A little confusing. Confusing why? Yeah, in terms of player selection. Like Jordan Henderson still being a part of this setup. 
Are you part uh, of the anti-Saudi Arabia? I'm not anti-Saudi Saudi Arabia. I'm, wow. I, I look at his... I, 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 yeah. I, I, <laughs> what a way to put be it. Careful. Yeah. He's not. <laughs> I look at his performances at Liverpool last season uh -huh. and, and why he left for Saudi Arabia because he just didn't have the legs anymore. He that, would that likely still have been me. captain at Liverpool Football Club, though, right? So somebody who could potentially have stayed on at the club and been captain at Liverpool Football Club, you don't think is deserving of a call-up to the England squad? I don't think he would be playing at Liverpool. Mm. He, just, he just didn't have the legs to cover the amount of ground needed to, to have success in the Premier League week in and week out. And if he's playing regularly in Saudi Arabia, you feel like that league just doesn't have the intensity for you to then be ready for this level of games. Is that right? Agreed. Okay. And then you have Calvin Phillips who isn't playing with mm -hmm. Manchester City, Harry Maguire, who's not in form and is up and down. I, I just but feel that... He's always been Gareth Southgate's MO, Southgate though, has, has it? He guys. has always had his guys and yeah. then stuck with them and, in and out of form, and Harry Maguire. And Maguire has well. performed for the for three Lions. Every time he puts on the national team shirt, he's played well. So I can't take that away from him. Gareth Southgate trusts him. Fine, bring him in. Calvin Phillips, I mean, how this guy doesn't get minutes. I don't know how he's still getting called up. I, not to say he's a bad player, he certainly deserves it, but at some point you have to say if you're not playing, you, you really probably shouldn't be a part of the national team makeup, no? Mm -hmm. When you look at this roster, are, are you excited about England? Do you think they're, they're going to be as dominant as they, they, they have been over the past two cycles? I'm like the typical England fan, so I, oh, I think that's the typical England fan anyway, that I'm always skeptical. My, my hopes are always kind of low. But then at the same time, we have so much young talent. If you think about like a Bukayo Saka, Marcus Rashford, Jude Bellingham, Marcus Rashford maybe not right now, but you know other players who are performing really well in their clubs. And so you mm. feel like we should be able to reach those highs. Why couldn't we get to the mm -hmm. final of Euro 2024? Why couldn't we go all the way this time? I feel like we have the talent within our ranks to do that. Definitely, England often seems like it's a... Absolutely. Why are you shaking your head? Oh, okay, you agree. I, absolutely. I just, I just don't think these three players are going to hold England back, almost like Jordan Henderson through as this long as cycle. Not played. Through the cycle, and Jordan Henderson got minutes in that in that first game against Ukraine last time out mm -hmm. in September, and then he didn't play in the next game against Scotland. So it's almost like being in, so in the Saudi Pro League, you're going to weed yourself out of the national team. He knows that. So and is his age as and well. He's 33, mm -hmm. and I think slowly. Southgate's going to find his team of young talent, maybe have one of the leaders in there, that old reliable. And Maguire, again, for as much as he is almost a punching bag for, for Manchester United, he has stepped up and performed generally for England. And again, he's one of Southgate's guys. Southgate's not just going to drop him like that. Raheem he, Sterling he, isn't one of Southgate's guys, is he? How do you feel he, about the expression not, of him again? He's in form. What do you do? I, I, well, more, he, there's nothing more that you look at Raheem Sterling and think and he could do to get the call yeah, up, right? Yeah, he's, he's pretty top of the line at this point. Um, I don't know. It's, it's strange that he's not in there. But I don't think, like, Sterling is going to be your guy that's going to come in and because of him, Ch right, England agree. will win agree. or not win a Euro. But there's, nice there's, to have if you can have somebody like 100%, him. A hundred percent. And this is not your final squad, right? There's a mm -hmm. whole... There's the uh, one more window and then... March, and then it's the Euros, right? And they, they play some fairly soft competition. Right. What do they have? Australia, I think, coming up next. And then they have Italy, North Macedonia. I might be I mean, missing that's the one. Other, North Macedonia, Malta, I think, is the Malta, other team that's in the, the group, other one right? I'm yeah. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you're, that feeling will only be fulfilled or you'll be let down with the result 
at the Euro. There's so much talent on this team. Jude Bellingham, Jude freaking Bellingham, man. He is the future. And he's De the future. Declan Rice. Declan Rice, Bukayo Saka when he's healthy again. James and, Madison. Oh, who we forgot about a guy called Harry Kane yeah. to, to wrap it all together. Like, this is a team that can not only win the Euros, but it can win the World Cup. Every, every World Cup from, from Russia onwards, this is just like we, we spoke about that Belgium golden generation. Mm -hmm. And how they came short. Do you consider this short? a golden generation? Talent-wise, yeah. yes. Yeah. But that's the problem. We're all talking about the talent they have on the on the pitch, the talent they could put together in a starting eleven. The you know those are the ingredients. The chef that's going to cook that into a meal. Do we have confidence that Gareth Southgate is that guy? Is he the guy, not just to get you to the final, but is he the guy that get you the trophy? Something severely missing from England since what 1966? Mm -hmm. For the men's. True for the men, right. but we're talking about the men's squad. Right, for sure, for sure. It's what I will say is they're competing for trophies. You, you don't feel like they're not in the race, right? It's hard to criticize him if he's taking them all the way to the final of a European championship, for example, or World Cup. Semi-final, yeah. you know, World okay, Cup. You walked, the door, you walked the horse to the water, but it didn't drink. I mean, did Gareth Selke do it? <laughs> the measure, yeah, but you can't, the measure of an international coach can't be, okay, you can remain national team coach if you won the World Cup or you won the European championships. That's, I mean, that's... Too high of a bar, isn't it? At some point, you have to ask him to win a trophy. I mean, you have an incredible the the the, the, the squad that you have at your availability is is good enough to win one of those trophies at the very least Euros. Especially if you walk up, especially playing a team that doesn't qualify for two World Cups in a row, you can't beat them in a final. I don't know. I think the odds of winning an international tournament. It's I think that's hard. Yeah, if you're England. I, with there, this squad? There's, there, I'm really just saying that to upset you. There, there I, is, I really said that just to upset you. There, there is a golden generation. And with a golden generation, there is an, an expectation. If this team doesn't end up winning any sort of title, it would be a massive letdown because they're so fruitful with, with talent. With oh, you, you guys, you, you act like France isn't loaded. Mm. Right. Like, they, but, you, but think, they you think come, England can just walk over? Back it up. Yeah, but, you, but the thing is, you and look at some difficult. of these squads, and the, if you, the U21s were, were ev any evidence or proof that there are other teams that with so much depth that are coming through the ranks too, Spain, uh, France, Germany, uh, all you, teams that have won you, a World Cup since or a major trophy since. Portugal is loaded as well. You they can't won the just, Euros not that long you ago. You can't just expect to win a trophy right, because your but, team is but, deep. Oh, for sure. Not, they no, went to not penalties deep. in not the final. Deep. Your team is <laughs> extraordinary. You have a very you, good you, you squad. You could say that for all of those uh, nations as well. Of course. Of course. But at the end of the day, you look at this generation and they didn't win anything. Yeah. What do you feel? They underperformed. And also, right? whose fault if, is if you, it? Is you, it any of those players? You wouldn't say there's a weak link in that squad. If you're it's getting the to coach. a final, I don't think you're underperforming. For sure. If you're and getting but, to but, a final, but look, look, look at the, look at the Argentina teams that made so many finals back to back to back, and they lost and they lost and they lost. That is an incredible achievement. It's an incredible achievement. But for the talent that they had, you would have expected them to win something. And almost but, but like had the they gone to the final and lost to Paris, would you have felt like, oh man, this Argentina team, they keep on underperforming? I wouldn't have no, felt like but, that. But hold up, but they had the Copa America to back it. It was like the Copa America was, was That's finally, the Euros. Right, the Copa America was their... Thanks for explaining that <laughs> to me, Alexa. <laughs> line to get over and be like, okay, Messi So it's 11 people on one side. <laughs> and 11 <laughs> but just like with the Belgium squad, the Belgium squad was so good, they would get to the World Cup semi-final and lose. They would get to that third place game and they would come so close. They were always so threatening and it's like, wow, they could have done so much more. We're going to remember them as an incredible generation of players and they played great football and they were top. Yeah. 
And I wasn't that's, explaining that's that to you. I was Six, saying for sure. okay, that's the Euros fine, because they won the thing that England hasn't. And right now, getting to a final, I don't consider that not successful. Okay, I don't then you know. know what? England's the Buffalo Bills. You is, got to four in a row. You didn't win anything. How do we talk about that team? Is the Copa America as hard to win as the Euros is? I don't mean to be disrespectful. I'm asking um, a genuine question. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, I think uh, ten countries. You got Brazil, Argentina, two very difficult countries, uh, and then everybody else is Chile. Chile beat um, when they had Sampaoli in their golden generation. No, yeah, Uruguay, very, Uruguay won in Argentina. Uruguay, very difficult always. Uh, yeah, it's Uru- a very tough competition. Col- Colombia just as well. naming Latin American countries. Yeah. Well, there was Tell a bunch of no, but, but, but Venezuela and yeah. uh, Ecuador. Uh, they yeah. compete now. In, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't have an accent. Where did that come from? Ecuador. Argentina competed in how many Copa Américas with Messi, and they didn't win until the sixth time out. It's difficult to be in a region with, with Brazil, with Chile. That Amen, has that's what I'm won. saying. It's difficult. So to set the bars, you have to win. Come on, but, you're but, scoring against Liechtenstein to get there. <laughs> no, but then, but San then Marino, you for, you're playing for, a dentist. For sure it's difficult. <laughs> Not to and I'm, win I'm the European <laughs> championship. What yeah, are the Netherlands doing in the 70s? You, yeah. Look, well, Netherlands has constantly come up. That was the remix. Look, yeah, that's. I mean, it's not to Coming up, the draw is happening this week. We'll get all the inside from him in a minute. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, everybody, we are just days away now from the group stage draw for the African Cup of Nations. Joining us to break down the possibilities is our African football expert, Mbizo Mzaman, who I just met a couple of minutes ago. They told me you bring the good vibes. They're not lying. (laughs) Thank you so much. I appreciate that, Kate. Hi, folks. It's a delight to be here. Okay, cool. So let's talk about African Cup of Nations. The draw is happening this week. It's happening on Thursday. We can throw up a graphic so everyone at home can, can take a look at the pots and have a, have a look at how this one could potentially play out when the draw does happen. Who are the teams that you're thinking that, that, that those teams in Group 1 are going to want to avoid from the other pots? It's it's a difficult one this time around. I think the prospects are absolutely delectable, no matter which way you look at it. I think there's going to be at least uh, two groups that are something approximating a group of death, uh, and certainly a third. I think there's no way to avoid the difficult matches in this AFCON, and I think that's what makes it, I think, one of the most exciting we've ever seen. Um, I I really couldn't say uh, which teams uh, should be avoided. I think the fourth pot that certainly has the weakest teams. But even in that part, if, 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 a, uh, if a group gets Gambia, Tanzania, uh, you're looking at a, a gauntlet that uh, any team who wants to make a run to the final is going to have to run. Mbizo, I'm looking at part three. I'm looking at your Bafana Bafana. And, man, whoever 
it's almost likely that South Africa could have the group of death, right? Because I'm looking at the teams in pot one, I'm looking at the teams in pot two, and any combination from either, it's going to be difficult for you guys. How hopeful are you really? It's going to be really tough. And Nico, why do you always do this to me? Sorry, <laughs> You're the one Sorry man. This is what he does, man. <laughs> You know, this is what he does. Um, <laughs> look, it, it's going to be tough. My initial reaction when I saw the pots was, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if we can even get out of the group, to be very frank. Um, obviously, as a patriot, I'm, I'm hopeful that we will uh, perform better than we have in past competitions, better than we have uh, in past years. And, of course, we are uh, former winners. We have won this competition. Uh, but so has Zambia. Uh, and Guinea, although they haven't won the competition, for example, they they are perennials. They've, they've been there uh, for so many of the competitions and are considered giants, uh, not only in West Africa, but on the continent. So uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a stressful time, but but I'm excited. Believe! Believe! <laughs> There's no choice. It's a very abusive relationship I have with Bafana, but uh, <laughs> I'll keep supporting them. Uh, and Bezo, I want to talk to you a little bit about Senegal. I mean, we, I wanted to ask you a question about some of the North African teams that can make a splash. But Senegal in particular, super strong team. But we're starting to see a little bit of a shift. Sadio Mane now playing for Al Nassar. Do you think that hurts? Do you think this is Nico Jackson's uh, moment? Um, I think certainly uh, Senegal is in a is in a period of uh, something of a rebuild. Uh, certainly, their uh, what we would consider a golden generation uh, is beginning to get into the autumn of their careers. That's for certain. Uh, but they absolutely still have talent. Uh, they have talent uh, scattered all across um, Europe. Um, and certainly, yes, Sadio Mane is in Saudi Arabia, but he brings more to the team than simply his uh, footballing ability on the pitch. He's a leader. Uh, he's an incredible soul. And I think just having him around will be fantastic. And, and Senegal, of course, has a lot of uh, young players who are hungry to demonstrate that they have the ability to make it at the highest level. And, and AFCON has always been the platform. Uh, for players to demonstrate uh, to big clubs in the world what they're capable of and, and earn themselves a big move. And I think that would be no different with Senegal this time around. Umbizo, let's talk about a team you don't want to face in the AFCON, and that's Nigeria, Ooh. given all the striking options that they have. Uh, can you talk about what you expect from this Nigeria side? Yeah, uh, we, we, have a, we have a little running joke, uh, the Amapiano Afro Beats Derby. That's uh, South Africa <laughs> and, and, and Nigeria. <laughs> but um, yeah, they, they're uh, absolutely a top team uh, coming back to prominence. Um, I think probably a bit top heavy. Um, a lot of incredible attacking players who they're going to have some trouble trying to fit in, uh, putting all those names on the team sheet. Um, they have bolstered the midfield. Um, also looking at, for example, players like Nathan Teller who has uh, decided to switch allegiances uh, from England to Nigeria. He can also actuate in the midfield, giving them a bit more balance. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're a top side and certainly uh, will always be among the favorites. Um, but, but like I said, between pot one and pot two, um, anyone, can, anyone can be victorious on their day. Um, and and any, anyone can win it, I think, from, from either of those pots. Uh, and of course, I'll throw South Africa in there as well. Well, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about Ghana, uh, since the U.S. Women's National Team are playing Ghana this upcoming Tuesday. What can you tell people about this Ghana side? What should we expect in this match? 
um, without without disrespecting my uh, my Ghanaian brothers, my black stars, I think this is this is one of the weakest they've been in a long time, hmm. um, and not simply because of the team sheet, uh, but I think the football they're playing is, is subpar to what we've been accustomed to seeing from Ghana. We you know we know them as sort of the, the African Brazilians uh, with their brand of football, but they haven't quite been as good. Um, but certainly, again, a giant of the African game, and and they do have some talented players, including a youngster from Lyon, uh, Ernest Nwama, who I, I, I very much enjoy his football, and I think he can cause some trouble with his pace, his direct running, uh, and of course, on the whole, uh, the Ghanaian team is pacey, strong, skillful, clever, uh, and so they, they should definitely give um, the red, white, and blue a, a challenge. And Bezo, switching gears, gears here, moving forward for the next through 2030. There's great news for North Africa, Morocco specifically. It's been received with incredibly open arms. It's not only the World Cup that they're going to be hosting in 2030, but also in a year from now, it's AFCON 2025. I know what it means to the Moroccan people. I've been very close, but from an outside perspective, uh, or maybe inside perspective, from, from Africa as a whole, how do you guys think, how do you feel that the World Cup is coming to, to Morocco again, to, to Africa again. Absolutely spot on with, with, with that analysis, Nico. I mean, we're all delighted on the continent that uh, another African nation is hosting a, a tournament of this magnitude. Um, of course, Morocco has failed in a number of bids leading up to this success. Uh, I think 94, 98, 2006, 2010, 2026. Um, so it, it's been a bit difficult. Uh, I'll be honest, we're a little disappointed that they had to join forces with the other two Iberian nations in, in hmm. order to, to get the tournament. Uh, I, I think they could host it on their own and have demonstrated that with a number of uh, large tournaments that they've hosted uh, getting to this point uh, and being awarded, of course, the AFCON 2025. But uh, again, the proximity of the countries, it just it made sense. Um, and of course, there's some other socio-cultural elements that, that will make it, I think, a, a big success. And we're all delighted about that. Mm, Mbizo, it was my pleasure to meet you, to speak to you. Thank you so much. Good to see you. And uh, I think you're Thank coming you back so next much. week. We will see you then. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, that my entire clan is a huge fan of yours. Oh, what? <laughs> oh wow. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry. I have so many fans. It's because uh, yeah. you're in Manchester United. He actually, yes. he said that to me last <laughs> week. You people. weren't here. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to speak to Nashville SC's Taylor Washington. He is coming up next. We're going to discuss some of the special work that he's doing in the Music City. Don't go anywhere.